if you're open to this, can you read us your most recent message from your DMs? Oh, from my DMs. You know what's so funny? This is, we're giving (laughs) you the hot scalding tea. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode five of We Have the Receipts. I'm Lauren Spee Hamilton. And I'm Chris Burns. And Lauren, how are you? What's going on? What's I'm new? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? How was your weekend? I kind of stalked you a little bit, you know, on, oh, on the socials, on IG. It was good. You know, it was good. So. I was I was home dog sitting for my um, parents. I have like an, they have an old dog very set in her ways. Uh, so uh, I How I old volunteer. is this dog? She's like 13, I want to say. Whoa. Okay. But so it was it was Same very dog. Yeah, and she's the best. So it was nice. I was like just upstate living my uh my life with a dog in the suburbs. I felt like a, that a real adult. Amazing. <laughs> How about yourself? No, what kind of dog was this? Because I'm a dog person, so Oh, you Black know, Lab I named need Lila. The, the dog deeds. Oh she's the best. Cute. You know, I have an Airedale. I have like a big Ooh. 70 pound big baby Huey. Clifford type of dog who doesn't know that he's as big as he is, yeah. but that's cute. I'm glad you got to to dog sit this weekend. Oh, that sounds you, fun. Thank you. How about yourself? What you do? Yeah, my weekend was pretty chill, actually. You know, I kind of did a lot of cleaning because mm. I feel like whenever the seasons change, I'm one of those people that has to like go through everything clean, you know, make space for the new season coming totally. in, get rid of the old clothes, donate, all that. So I've been like doing a lot of organizing. Good for but you. But it feels great. It, like, makes me feel so, like, grown. Yeah. We've had a grown weekend, you and I. <laughs> we have. Living I, like adults. I, one <laughs> year, I, I did, like, a spring cleaning where I was, like, on a bender of cleaning. And then I mm. I was, like, and I got rid of so much stuff. I donated so many clothes. And then come winter, I was, like, I donated all of my clothes. Like, I wasn't wearing them <laughs> Don't because— Don't have anything. <laughs> it was the season. <laughs> But anyway. Well, that's always a good excuse to go shopping. That's how I look at it. You know, if you give stuff Amen. away, it just makes room to get more things. Precisely. And that's how I felt. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do it every year now. Now, I will say one thing that I did do this weekend, Chris, was uh, kind of stay my butt inside because mm. these gas prices. What so, is going on? So, What's listen. Do you I, drive? I don't. I live in Manhattan, so I don't really uh, drive unless I'm upstate, lucky. which I was upstate, and I did fill the gas tank, and it was insane. And I was also next to a, like, FedEx truck, and I wanted so badly to ask. Like, I wanted to wait and see oh how God. much it was to fill up the FedEx Imagine. truck. Imagine. But And I know you have yeah, a big I'm car, to- too, right? Yeah, I have a Jeep. I filled my mm. Jeep up this weekend. It was like $80. I was like, what? Yeah. 80-something dollars. 80 plus. And I, had, I remember, like, when oof. I first got it, it was, like, $40, $50. I'm like, ooh, uh-uh. Mm, no. I may have to be about the scooter life, a horse, yeah. something. But uh, <laughs> this gas, a I horse. think twice before I have to go places now. There you go. Mm-hmm. Get a horse. You never think of that. It's a low maintenance. Well, actually, you know? that can't be true. I, I'm assuming having a horse is expensive, <laughs> but... I mean, Who's you know, say? it's more fun. It's more fun. It's definitely more fun <laughs> and more, um, uh, you know, environmentally conscious. That's true. Look at us coming up with environment. ideas. I know, exactly. Um, Back to the Wild Wild West. Did you see that? The Maury show, speaking of tragic things, uh, yeah. is ending after 31 seasons. Did you ever watch the Maury? Wow. Did I? Like, Maury Povich was like mm. my 
after school kind of. No, actually, wait, it came out midday. So whenever you would stay home from exactly. school, you were sick. Exactly. That's when you would watch it. I can't believe that it's been on for 31 seasons. It premiered in like 1991, I believe. And it's... Maury, who's 83 years old, wow. now, he, he is the longest airing daytime talk show host on television. 83. That's amazing. was, anyway. 83. Oh, my God. Think of all of the bad news he has given. I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> I you wonder know, who will be the last. My... Sorry. It's the last. <laughs> the pa- last. You're not the father. <laughs> exactly. The last paternity <laughs> test. It'll be a very special moment. Oh, my God. You know, my favorite Maury episodes were when, like, he would bring the people on that have phobias. Like, here's Susan. She's afraid of, Oh, my of, God. Like, Pickles. <laughs> <laughs> He would have it all on the screen. Then he's like, bring out the pickles or the mayonnaise. And the person's like, no. Like, that was so wrong when you think about it. Oh, my God. But it was very entertaining to watch. (laughs) It's like intense exposure therapy on television. I I very distinctly remember the one with the pickles. Because the woman, I think you can find it on YouTube, actually, of the woman just screaming bloody murder. Oh, over the pickles. And then she like runs backstage and another intern comes out with a platter of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> like they chase them around with these items. Like, dang. It's so it's good. Hilarious, but but speaking of reality TV, there's so many mm-hmm. Netflix romance reality shows coming Ooh-hoo. up. Well, yes, I'm excited. We're going to have things to do in the spring and summer. Thank God. Oh, plenty of stuff to watch. Okay, plenty, including uh, More Love is Blind. Apparently, mm. season three is coming out. And also, Love is Blind was picked up for a season four and five. So it's going to be plenty of You'll Love, love is Blind going for, for a minute. Oh, yeah. you love, love to, to see, see it. it. I think Selling Absolutely. Sunset, too, like it was something where they were given multiple seasons at the same time. Mm. I love Dang. that. I don't like to have to worry about if my show's going to come back or not. So. Oh, yeah. It's it's good to know that you got more coming. Speaking of Love is Blind, I know a lot of people actually hit me up in my DMs, mm. emails, everything, asking me about Love is Blind Japan and how much they love it. And Cameron is actually a huge fan of Love is Blind Japan. Okay. He's always like, hey, did you watch it? Are you guys going to talk about it? So, <laughs> honey, Cameron, if you're listening, you'll be excited to know that Love is Blind Japan actually also got picked up for a season two. So, good people who are fans of that will Amen. be excited. And new Too Hot to Handle season four is coming. Indian Matchmaking season mm. two, which I love season one. The the women in Indian Matchmaking so were so great. Um, yes. And then some new series are coming as well. The Ultimatum season mm-hmm. one, which is coming out, I think, like very soon. Which yeah, will I be great. Incredibly soon. I mean, hosted I'm, by the Lachaise. Of course. I, I love this new power, power uh, hosting couple of Nick and Vanessa Lachey. It's, I love to see the husband-wife dynamic, especially on, like, mm-hmm. relationship shows. Because it's like if somebody's complaining about something in a relationship, you kind of just want to look at your spouse like, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love you Vanessa. Bet not. Yeah, bet not. <laughs> Amen. I mean, and yes. I think we'll get a lot of that in The Ultimatum because it seems like a lot mm. of people are going to be doing a lot of stupid things. Yeah. This show seems super toxic. Like, very <laughs> toxic, but entertaining. <sighs> Listen. Entertaining. They say that. Anytime an ultimatum is introduced in a relationship, it's like, isn't that supposed to be a bad sign? So I'm it's so excited good. to see. <laughs> so excited to see all this of these couples fall. Train wreck. Amen. <laughs> yes. But and they also have a all queer season of the ultimatum coming out as well. So 
Yes. I mean, I can't imagine what that's going to look like because you want drama. You're going to get it, honey. I'm so excited Mm. for a queer season of The (laughs) Ultimatum. Amen. Now, when I heard that this series was coming out, it's called Dated and Related. I had to pause because I was like, what the hell is this about? Yeah, it's called what? Dated and Related. It's a new series that Netflix is dropping, but it's not what you think, okay? It's actually about brothers and sisters who kind of help each other find love oh. or they're dating at the same time. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was like, uh-uh, premise. wait, let me... Yeah. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's I, very interesting. I would watch it Dated and Related season two. That sounds like it's Dated and Related. You know what I mean? I'm into both <laughs> <Absolutely>. ideas. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Is it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I would really care to... I mean, I love my brother, and I'm here to help him with his dating life, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be all in the details, you know? No. Uh, I can't imagine. How about you? No, no. Do you no. have siblings? I do. I have, I'm the middle of two. I have an older brother and ah. a younger brother. Um, and okay. hell would freeze over before I let them help me <laughs> date. And I'm assuming vice versa. I can't yeah. imagine that they would welcome dating advice from me. It's yes. Yeah. It's I'm not that we're not that type of family. You I know what I'm you. saying? I feel <laughs> the, the same way. It's kind of like, ah, you do yeah. you, I do me. We support each other, and that's mm-hmm. that. But you know, it'll definitely be interesting to see uh what comes of that show for sure. For sure. I'm excited. Lauren. Are you ready to get into recapped of today's topic? Yes, I am. I'm very excited about today's topic. Is is something that is of deep interest to me, Chris? I mean, it was okay. So, guys, we're talking about life after death with Tyler Henry. Mm-hmm. It's obviously you've seen it. It's in the top ten on Netflix, and I watched all of it, and I cried through all of it. Man, it was so like. <laughs> Like emotional all of it. and deep. Oh, even God, when I'm so like, good. I'm not even like feeling that sad in this moment, but it brings a tear to the eye. So the tears. I mean, really, if you guys liked the Hollywood medium, the Long Island medium, or true crime series, like docu series, mm-hmm. there it's it really gives you a little bit of everything. So absolutely, I agree. I mean, I really wasn't. Do you do you like a docu series type show usually? Oh, what? I love a docuseries mm-hmm. type show. Like, I'm all about documentaries. I'm all about learning about real people and the things that go on in their lives. And so this was really interesting to me as well because, and, you know, I'll wait till we bring our guest out for today because yeah. I don't want to say too much. I'll let him tell. But just seeing, like, regular people um, and, you know, seeing them and people in their lives and how it's been affected, affecting, excuse me, affecting them throughout their lives and to see them get that closure or, you know, things like that have been really interesting, so. I was just going to say, before we get too far, guys, this is a trailer of the show, so please enjoy Get the Tissues. Is there a Harold? That's my grandfather. (laughs) It's always creepy when that happens. (laughs) I keep getting kind of a famous feeling. You're right on. There is a reference to someone finding a spot on an x-ray of our lungs. How did you know that? Like, you felt the spot? (laughs) My job as a medium is to deliver messages. I can't stress enough how proud she is of you. I receive impressions. I get very small tidbits of details that I have to interpret and make sense of. This is the crime scene. Do you get the feeling of anything? 
This is absolutely coming through as a hit and run feeling to me. The answers I give to others, I so badly could benefit for myself. Three years ago, my mom discovered that she was taken as a baby. The woman who I actually thought was my mother was a murderer. I want to learn more about what happened to my mom's family. She could have had a completely different life, and that was taken from her by this criminal. I know I'm not like her. I know I'm a good person. As a media, my life is defined by moments of trying to help people find a sense of peace. This is not a goodbye. This is just a see you later. For him to come give me so much hope is what I need in my life. For my mom, I want her to get as close as she can to a sense of closure. All it would take is one person to come through and just give me the answer, but it doesn't work that way. And in this case, it's just too close to home. It's such a gift that Tyler has. I never thought that I would get this experience. Everything he said was spot on. We are not forgetting you. Yeah. Do you want to know everything? This is really special to me, too, because I don't think that I told you, Chris, but as a child, you know, I, too, had some experiences that <sighs> kind of felt like supernatural. Yes, I used to see and, like, hear voices and, like, see little things. And it happened from when I was, like, maybe, like, five to about... Actually, maybe even younger, four to about seven... And it got to be a lot. And I just remember, like, telling my parents and, like, praying, like, I don't want this anymore. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped. So I'm really interested to talk to our guests and, oh like, my learn gosh. more about this gift and all this. Yeah. So this wow. is, like, it's close to home, this show. You yeah. Know? I was going to say, have you always been interested in mediums and that kind of thing? But apparently, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's... It's kind of like one of those things. I feel like anything that's supernatural, it scares a lot of people or they get real skeptical about it because they're like, oh, mm. well, you can't prove it and this and that. But I totally believe in energies. I totally believe in, you know, life after death and souls totally. and, and all of that. How, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've always believed mostly. Um, but after seeing mediums. And I had a friend who saw a medium after her father passed away who, like, didn't really believe mm. in mediums. And then after she saw him or her, uh, she said it was like getting 10 years of therapy in, like, one day. Like, it really... Wow. So, it really did help her a lot. And I mean, and after watching this show, it's, like, impossible not to believe. There were so right? many things. And I'm like, there's no way that, like, these things would have happened. You can just tell even watching, even thinking like, well, if it's production, but I'm like, production would have no way of contacting like the people beforehand who are randomly. Mm -hmm. So I really do believe it. Um, yeah, me too. Would you ever get a reading? Have you ever gotten a reading? You know what? I have not gotten a reading for from a medium. No, I have had like a psychic reading. Mm -hmm. I know that they're different in different ways. Um, but I would. It's a little scary, but I think that it's something I would like to do eventually. Totally. You know, if if I got the opportunity to do it. How about you? Yeah, for sure. I've had the same. I've had like a tarot reading, um, but only in like a bachelorette mm -hmm. party, like kind of way where like she came in and read a bachelorette party um but yeah i mean okay. after my friend's experience it? it sounds like something i would definitely be interested in but i would also be i know i would just cry throughout regardless i'd be like yeah no matter what i think i'd cry from the beginning so we'll yeah, see it's an emotional thing 
But... But let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Yes, we got very lucky with our special guest today, especially because he has a wait list of 300,000 people and counting. Yes, now many know him as the Hollywood medium, but Tyler Henry is bringing his gifts and empathy to Netflix in his new show, Life After Death with Tyler Henry. In this new series, Tyler opens up about his personal life, all while sharing the story of his everyday clients in the process. Mm -hmm. While his focus is usually on helping strangers, famous or otherwise, he's hoping to solve a mystery that's a little closer to home. Friends, please welcome Tyler Henry. Hello, Chris and Lauren. Thank you for the warm welcome. Hi, Tyler. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to feel. I just feel like electricity, (laughs) like, through my body. I'm slightly nervous. I don't know why I'm nervous. I'm nervous, too. Do you get that a lot? We're all connected in our nervousness. I love it. And I was loving getting to hear your conversation earlier about your childhood Mm -hmm. intuitive experiences. Yes. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you find a lot that people are nervous to interview you or to talk to you? I mean, you see it on the show. Everybody, like, loses their mind Mm -hmm. when you walk down the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Well, I think there's an element of not knowing what to expect. And people never know really what I'm going to say or what I'm not or what I'm picking up on or what I'm not. And I just typically tell people, you know, I get much less than you probably think. (laughs) So it's only once I'm in reading mode do do I really start connecting. But I I think nerves are understandable. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Now, Tyler, you were 10 years old when you had your first experience with your gift uh, when your grandmother passed. Now, how did your family react when you told them this? Were they skeptical? Did they believe you right away? Was it something you kind of had to explain? Like, how did that go with, mm-hmm. with your family? It was definitely an adjustment. So it all really started when I was 10 years old. I had a mm-hmm. premonition of my grandmother's death. And at the time, it really just felt like a knowingness that my grandmother was going to die. And I had woken up in the middle of the night. I went to the room where my mom was to try to explain this feeling because it really had felt like it had almost already occurred. And so it was very confusing. And as I was explaining it, her phone actually rang. And when she picked it up, it was the news from my dad that my grandmother had just died. Mm. So at that age, you know, it was really more of something that happened to me. It wasn't something that I recognized as an ability. But as time Mm. went on, as these moments of knowingness, as I call them, increased, I recognized it as something that could be used um, in a helpful way. Mm. Mm. And when did you... Like, it's going to be a lot of mm. like, Yeah, hey. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> when... We don't even know what this is. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I mean, your, your career started very young, obviously. Um, when, mm-hmm. at what point did you decide or realize that you could use your abilities and really make a career out of it? Well, I graduated high school when I was 16. I graduated high school really early. I thought at the time that the most real practical application of my ability would be being a hospice nurse. So Mm -hmm. I enrolled in my local community college. I thought I'll be able to be there for people who are on their way out. I might be able to provide comfort to their families. But I I thought of doing it in kind of more of a private setting. Mm -hmm. And then one day I ran into the dean of my college, who I had actually read, coincidentally. And he told me that he had such an impactful experience with me that I should really think about maybe doing readings full time. Uh, And at the time, it was a huge, you know, jump. But when the dean of the college is telling you, you know, maybe look into a different direction than college, then, you know, I had to kind of listen. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's a good sign. He's the one getting all the money. (laughs) exactly now before you came on Tyler I was kind of explaining about this you know 
what I what happened to me as a child, basically, you know, I used to hear things and see kind of little things out the corner of my eye. It was actually something specifically that happened. And I'll just have a little quick story time real quick because it's yeah. not about me. It's all about you, but <laughs> just real I fast. Love it. Um, so I, when my grandmother, you know, she used to watch us when we were kids and she was actually downstairs cooking like she normally does. I was upstairs mm. and I heard a voice and it called down to me and it said, Lauren, come here. I thought it was my grandmother's voice at the time. So it was just her and I in the house. I go downstairs and my grandmother mother was cooking. She didn't realize that she had caught on fire. You know, her actually topic caught on fire. I was like, Grandma, did you call me? She's like, no, I didn't call you. And then I was like, no, but I heard it clear as day. So I was able to get there in time, help her, you know, stop, you know, pat her down and everything. She was elderly at this time. But like, and then after that, I just feel like stuff just kept happening. Like whether it was little like a voice or I would see something or I would have animals with me and they would be staring at something in the corner. Mm. I'm just like, you know, me being a religious person, I kind of pray to God like, God, please take this away. I don't want this. But do you believe that that's a gift that someone can actually like say, I don't want to do this and it just kind of goes away or you don't focus on it or? Well, you know, I really consider intuition to be an ability that every single person has. And if you even look at the word intuition, it breaks down to inner tuition or inner Mm -hmm. knowledge. And so it's really a compass that we all have the ability to tap into some more than others. And children are very intuitive. They are very reactive. They live life kind of on this intuitive level. And you'll find that as children get older, as they approach typically puberty or maybe a little bit before then, oftentimes their intuition starts plummeting. And my belief behind that is that that has something to do with biases. So as we get older and as we form more of a sense of identity, a sense of belief, a sense of um, you know, discernment between reality and imagination, it kind of can sometimes push out some of those intuitive impressions that I think children naturally pick up on. So once the framework of belief is introduced, either, you know, mm. oh, it's just in your head, it's just a dream, or, oh, no, that's yeah. bad, you need to follow this belief system, then it starts shutting those faculties down. Wow. Isn't that yeah, something? That is something. I'm like, <laughs> no, like now you learn something about me today. Like Lauren, you could have had a whole different life if you <laughs> I know, Tyler, we could have been like partners in this. You know? That's right. Like... You know, I'm always looking for a sidekick, but sidekick to the psychic. But it's okay. It's okay to have, you know, uh, multifaceted feelings about intuition and not everybody mm-hmm. has to do readings. You can still apply your intuition when you shake someone's hand for the first time, right? You get mm-hmm. a first impression mm-hmm. and you can go with that first impression. So there's all these practical applications of intuition that we can tap into and use mm-hmm. for our betterment without it being a scary thing or mm-hmm. it being even related to readings. Yeah. Now, you mentioned intuition. A quick question now is deja vu. And intuition kind of like the same type of thing is that, you know, people like, oh, my God, I dreamed this or I was here before. Is that a part of intuition? So historically, deja vu does have connections to extrasensory perception or sometimes precognition, which is getting uh, impressions in dreams very often that then come Mm -hmm. to pass as we uh, go about our waking life. So it certainly happens. There has been some research to indicate that deja vu can sometimes be actually a processing error um, neurologically. So I always like to look at the medical components of things, but simultaneously like sleep paralysis, uh, there could very much be both a medical phenomena and a spiritual phenomena kind of working through both. You're so smart. Yeah. Tyler. Oh no, you're, you're precious. Gosh. I'm only good at one thing. So the- smart. <laughs> uh, well, we know that you had your first show on E, the Hollywood medium, what, which was different, obviously then life after death. What made you want to do life after death? How did this all come to be, if you will? 
because it's such a sure. unique premise with mm-hmm. like everything with your mom going on as well mm-hmm. as the component of of like being a psychic show. So sure. And it definitely is a unique show in that there's nothing else like it on there anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, you know, my goal was always to try to go back to reading the everyday people that I started with. I consider myself an everyday person. I grew up in a very small town in Central California, very rural, very conservative. Um, and so the Hollywood aspect of my first show was kind of unintentional. It just kind of was the angle they wanted to approach it for. This show focuses on where I feel my ability can shine, where my greatest passion is which is really meeting the demand for people that, that truly need a reading and need that experience. Mm. So in that way, it differs greatly. And then also a family mystery that just so happened to uh, kind of synergistically connect to filming as we were actually filming the readings. This mystery was unraveling in our pursuit mm. to get answers as to how my mom was obtained as a baby and you know how the entire trajectory of her life and identity changed as a result of this criminal you know, taking her when she was a child. Totally. So that, I think, kind of answers my question of, was it part of the plan that your mom's story was going to be woven or it just fell in? It just happened. And I always say, you know, coincidence is often a meaningful thing. And that's a true example where as the events unraveled in my own life, the cameras were there to capture it in, in a really meaningful way. Yeah. Wow. Now, how does it feel? Because usually people ask you about, you know, things that are going on in their life and for closure and more information. But now, you know, kind of the cameras are turned on you and your personal life and your family, you know, and also your love life. So how does it feel for people to kind of be all up in your mix? (laughs) I love that. That's what it felt like. (laughs) It was definitely a vulnerable experience. You know, the first week I was all self-conscious about my hair and I'm like, oh no, and then by by the end of week two, I was like, they've caught me with like seven chins and I'm waking up in the morning and look like I stuck my finger in an electrical socket and every hair is sticking up. So I, it's a very humbling experience for sure, but very personal, very vulnerable. I feel like in many ways, the tables were kind of turned in the sense that in the show, you mm-hmm. typically saw me giving that kind of cathartic experience to a person being read where they kind of delve into their past. And I found myself in a very similar position of having to go into my past to really get a sense of the present, to get a sense of who I am moving forward into the future. Mm. And I think it really touches on a lot of concepts ranging from family, uh, nature versus nurture, you know, and resilience, which I think is really the, the testament to my mom's strength. Totally. Absolutely. Did, or did your mom and your boyfriend, Clint, like, like the idea from the get-go, or was there some convincing there to get them to be part of the show? You know, my boyfriend's very shy and very introverted. And uh, he, more than anything, he just wanted to be helpful. So mm-hmm. uh, getting him on board, it took a little while. But my mom had already been on Hollywood Medium with me. She had driven me. So she's all used to you know, being my parent. <laughs> but uh, I, I was really glad to be able to display that relationship with my partner. And then also have my dad involved um, and showing, you know, that kind of happy family relationship that we all have. Totally. That's awesome. So let's see. Do you usually have a ritual? You know, how do you prepare yourself before you go into a reading? Is there something special you do to kind of calm your nerves or bring you center? Or, you know, what do you do to prepare? You know, a lot of it has to do with mindfulness. And I always say when it comes to refining our own intuition, it's really a subtractive process, not an additive one. So by that, I mean, when I'm going into a reading and I know I have to focus and kind of get into that mindset, I reduce any distractions that I can notice that might be impeding my intuition. So any loud noises, any overstimulation, um, if I'm 
you know, having a rough day, I try to put whatever's on my mind to the side. And through practice, I'm able to kind of do that. Mm. But um, really just these processes of kind of bifurcating my day-to-day life with the reading that I'm doing and kind of having a way to get into it and then get out of it is really important. Mm. Is that why wow. you you don't drive? That's right. And so that for me is, is big. On the way to readings, I very often will get impressions. But as you see in the show, that even sometimes happens days in advance. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do scribble and scribbling is a huge part of my process in kind of turning on so that I can then start connecting more fluently. Um, and that kind of allows me to get into that state of mind that's necessary to kind of connect. Uh, you know, I think we think of kind of the left brain versus the right brain. I won't say it's that simple, but like when I'm being interviewed, I'm in a very different mindset than the mindset that's required mm-hmm. to do a reading. It's it's a lot more subtle. It's a lot more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned uh, how you get like energy and impressions on your way there before. Are there ever times where you're getting that energy and you're like, I can't do this reading? Is there like ever a time where you feel a, a negative energy or just something that you just don't or can't deal with? You know, I, I really liken my job to that of a mailman in the sense that I don't write the letters, right? Mm. I just deliver the message. So mm. on some level, I think I owe it to the person coming through and the person I'm reading to relay what I'm being given as the medium. How I go about that, though, does require some tact, some diplomacy. I try to be almost hyper considerate of the person and imagining myself mm. in their position because I understand the vulnerability that's required to be open mm. to receive a reading. Um, but I have found also that sometimes you have to assert really difficult things in order to help someone move forward. And so often people, when they watch the show, will say, you know, they burst into tears crying. And I, that's interesting to me because I think my job is one of the few jobs where it actually is a good thing to make people cry. Yeah. I think there's a release. I think there's a, a moment of whatever you have pent up, even just seeing somebody go through that experience it can kind of stir emotions in ourselves. I think are valuable and have to be honored. And I think that's great yeah. part of the show. Yeah. And I also, wow. it really puts things into perspective. Like mm-hmm. when you hear the stories of some of the people on the show who have lost people in ways that are so tragic, I would never even think of that. Mm-hmm. It really, that also was part of it where I'm like, what am I complaining about today? Like, this is so dumb. Yeah. This poor family. Um Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely changes your perspective. And I think if anything, my work with the other side has given me a greater appreciation for life. And I think of the quote, you know, aging is a privilege denied to many. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. No matter what we're going through in our lives, so many people wish they were here to be able to live it. Man, Tyler Henry is dropping gems on today's show. I'm talking about for life, okay? I feel like I'm just, yeah, I'm like taking it in. Like, ooh, yes. Let me write some of this down. It's like a therapy session. We got to get a podcast going. Man, I know, right? So, Tyler, I know that, you know, sometimes doing the readings can be difficult, like we said. Now, do you find, like, after you do the readings that you kind of carry a little bit of those readings with you after? Is that hard, like, kind of turning that off and going home? Does it affect your relationship, your family life, mm. anything like that? You know, my work is definitely me. So it's kind of difficult to, mm-hmm. when I come home at the end of the day, to kind of, you know, put my outfit on the, the hook and leave it at the door and, you know, kind of yeah. detach from my work and life because I really very much am my job. But if anything, I find that it's, you know, enhanced my relationships it's given me a good understanding of who I resonate with and who I don't. So my social circles and my family support system is really essential to what I do. 
Um, but they treat me like a human being. They don't treat me like a medium. And they're the first mm-hmm. people to put me in check or to say, oh, no, you know, hey, re- reassess that. And uh, That's so important. It's so important, especially when you're in a job where being right or being correct or being mm-hmm. validated is so important. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's very easy for people in my position or in the position of having that kind of job to become egotistical, to become overly confident, to think that they know everything. And I very much try to take a humble approach and just realizing that while I might be very good at what I do for a job, there are so many blind spots that I have. And that's why I really rely on family to, to kind of keep their eyes yeah. out for me. We, that's such a beautiful thing. It really is. And we saw this kind of leads us to a question that a lot of people also had of, we see you and your mom go see another medium. Is that something mm-hmm. that you do often? Like, I also had been thinking from the first episode, I'm like, is he on like a group chat with other mediums to just like complain? (laughs) Like there's no one else in the world. I mean, there is obviously because we see you go talk to them. But in general, I'm like, there's no one that you get drinks with in town like after a shift, you know? (laughs) Sure. It's definitely difficult to relate to other people. And I am friends with a a number of the more renowned mediums. John Edward is a big name that a lot Mm. of people recognize. Mm -hmm. And he and I actually have gone out to a restaurant before and and, uh, he's been a good source of relatability. But the challenge is that mediums implicitly work very differently. How I work is very different than how John Edward might work and vice versa. Um, So it is difficult to establish that sense of relatability. I don't typically go and get readings myself. Um, Seeing Laurie Campbell on the Netflix show was very much a one-off for me. I was Mm. desperate. Um, I basically couldn't intuit information about my own family because I was so biased with what I already knew, what I was hoping for, what I was afraid of. And that really skewed my intuition. So while I was able to do it for other people, I wasn't able to do it for myself. Mm. And going to her helped, uh, you know, unlock certain kind of validations or, or solidify what we already knew, which was really helpful. But it's not something I normally do. I prefer not to know my future. I prefer not to get readings, <laughs> ironically. I'm Lauren, I'm in the same boat with you. Like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not big on going and getting readings. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather not know. I'd rather be surprised. Wow, that's so interesting. And with you saying that, so a lot of people don't know that there's a lot of different lanes for this, right? So you have psychics, you have mediums, um, clairvoyance, I guess. Are those all separate things or can you help kind of explain that so we can kind of teach the people a little something? Sure. So as it goes, uh, all uh, mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. So Mm -hmm. a medium uh, refers to an intermediary or someone in the middle who typically acts as a conduit between this realm and the next. And that typically Mm -hmm. has connotations of people who've died, right? Uh, So that's kind of the realm of the medium is the realm of the departed. When you think of clairvoyant, clairvoyant uh, is a French word that means clear sight. So it refers to the faculty of which how someone receives intuitive information Mm -hmm. visually. So a clairvoyant medium is someone who acts as that intermediary, but does it through very strong mental impressions. That's their main way of receiving info. You also have other clairs where, you know, people will have clairaudience, claircognizance. Uh, there's a bunch of clairs and they all refer to different <laughs> faculties of which information comes through intuitively. Wow. I'm learning See, who, so much. There's so today. many different levels. Yeah, this is like <laughs> is. so educational. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. And, and then you have extrasensory perception and all these phrases that have been thrown around to kind of try to categorize something that's very tricky to label. Yeah. That wow. also, what is... And you you talk about it on the show a little bit, uh, remote viewing, which is a different thing, correct? That's correct. So remote viewing was popularized by the U.S. government, actually, uh, through a project called Project Stargate, where they tried to teach people (laughs) 
how to develop remote viewing skills for the purposes of spying for the U.S. government. Well, and, um, at I'm least it's for the right reason. People who are right, you know, of course, well, they turn everything into a weapon if they can. But right. that, was, that was the goal, really, was to try That's to almost use like Marvel, to like Marvel series. Yeah. Oh, it sounds insane. You can look it up. Project Stargate. Um, dear friends with Yuri Geller, who was involved in it heavily and did a number of remote viewing experiments. But it's basically a means of getting a sense of things intuitively from a distance without physically being there. Mm. Mm. I am just, I don't know that I've ever been speechless a lot, but I am just like, <laughs> I'm intaking all this information. So Tyler, you, it is, you know so much. Now, did you go to school for this? I mean, you obviously <laughs> oh. you can't learn the, the, um, your gift, sure. but just knowing about the different, um, like the history, I guess, this and that. Yeah, the yeah. history of it. Is this something you studied, or did you just kind of learn it as you came across different people and just kind of picked up information? I wish there were like a school for X Men that we could like all go right, to. That's and, like, like, right, that's like you know, like no, the X Men Academy. You know, if anything for me, I just think history is so important across the board. Knowing our history, knowing where we come from, and for me, it was mm-hmm. important to know the history of what I do and the different people that have claimed to do it, and looking at both sides and trying to kind of absorb as much information as I can. So it's really my only area that I, I know a good amount about. If you ask me about anything else, I would draw a blank. <laughs> um, oh, and we, I know. I'm like, this is so interesting to me. I'm going to re- re-listen to this episode and take notes. I know, me too. <laughs> um, we have to ask, the show, your mom's such a big part of the show. Has anything changed for your mom or the situation since filming the show? You know, I think if anything, our understanding of closure changed. Mm. You know, when we first started our our journey of trying to pursue answers, I felt that there would be a point where we would get closure, where we would get an answer that would make everything make sense. And I realized as the show went on that there was really no moment where everything changed. Mm. Um, there was really no moment of closure. It kind of felt like chasing a rainbow. And so if anything, I kind of came to redefine what it meant to get closure, I think, in the show. I realized that there was no answer that could right the wrongs of what happened to my mom and the trauma and the abuse and the murders that happened. Nothing could ever undo that. And so it kind of, if anything, got me to a place of acceptance around what occurred, realizing that there really is no new information that could make that right. And that alone was, I think, a a healing process of kind of coming to terms with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nothing's a clean cut. No, especially yeah. when you're talking family history and, you know, crimes that go back decades. Yeah. Oof. Absolutely. I almost All said right. you should have a show about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You should, you should <laughs> put this in a show. I know, it's right? Good. It's going to be a good docuseries. <laughs> oh, uh, man. All right. So do you want to play a little game, Tyler? Are you down to play do a it. game with us? I'm game. I'm game for games. All right. We have a little game and it's called Show Us Your Receipts. So, you know, we're just going to ask you some questions and then maybe you can show us a little something if, yeah. you're, okay. if you're open to it. Yeah. It's light. It's light. It's nothing, yeah, it's very nothing light. heavy. It's nothing, nothing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We'll start with who is the first person in your recent calls? First person in my recent calls? Oh, let's look. That's going to be my mom. I really... Oh. Oh yeah, I love her so, so much. Cute. She and I talk all the time, so she's she was always high on my list, and she works for me, so we have a fun relationship. Constant communication. That's well. Right. Since you mentioned her, read us the last text from your mom because that was on the we'll list see. already. Uh, you know what? She speaks in she it literally was K. 
K. My mother. Oh, she's she's mad at you. She's one of the. She uses the K. That's the thing. My love when they're like of the Karen variety, where you can't tell if the K is like being passive aggressive or if it's like, oh, it's okay, honey. Mm -hmm. And then you you talk to them. They're like, what do you mean? I was being really friendly. I'm like, you need to use emojis. Yeah, I'm like, if I don't get an LOL, somebody wants me dead. That's right. Right. (laughs) Speaking of emojis, Tyler, what is the last emoji that you sent to your boyfriend, Clint? Oh my boyfriend! Oh, this is getting oh, getting steamy. Oh, I did the little the little pink heart with like the three other hearts. It's so oh, gross. It that's sweet. That's it's sweet. adorable. That's you an know, appropriate one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna like, say that's so nice. It wasn't yeah, the eggplants like... or a peach. I think <laughs> so you mentioned that you like television. Do you like music as well? Like, yeah. are you into music? I feel like who doesn't say? like music, right? Right. Like, you yep. know, who, right. Who doesn't like music? So what would you say is your top played song this past month? Like, what have you just been repeating? Like, oh. high on your rotation. You know what? I want to know what you listen I'm, to. I've been on a 60s kick, so I've been doing Mamas and the Papas, which oh. I know I'm, I'm, I'm dating okay. myself. But yeah, we're going, we're going back to 1969. Okay. I was going to say, sing us a little bit of that because I don't know that I you know, I know got, that got a, We got lots of Mamas and the Papas. They, they've got everything. Monday, Monday. <laughs> Uh, California yeah. Dreamin', I'm sure you've heard. Oh, okay. Yeah, California A little retro, retro vibe. Yeah. I like that. That's right. I like I've that. Been, Absolutely. I've been on a little <laughs> 60s kick as well, and I've been doing a lot of Supremes lately. You got to check there it out. There you go. Oh, okay. oh, I'm always here for some Motown. You know, I'm from Detroit, so 60s, yeah, Motown, here for it. Um, okay, what photo is the first in your favorites album? In my favorites? You know what? Good question. I should look. Let's see. Favorites? Oh, it's like this weird Egyptian photo from like a a place in New Orleans, a cemetery oh. that oh. I went to randomly. And that's the only thing in my favorites. So that's kind of funny. Oh, see, Interesting. he's smart. Interesting. Mine would be like, it's French fries that I made three weeks right. ago. I know. <laughs> Yours would taste better. <laughs> so you mentioned that you kind of watch some shows here and there. What shows are you watching, Tyler? Well, you know, 90 Day Fiance is great mm-hmm. if we're talking the TLC, you know, the a- mm-hmm. aspect. But if we're talking mm-hmm. Netflix, you know, Love is Blind and all the hey. derivatives. I feel like Love is going to be blind for about 40 million seasons. Amen. I, I, it really is. It's whoever came up 30, with 40 that years idea, from now. <laughs> they, they are brilliant. Love is Blind season 42. Yeah. That's right. right. Between 90 Day and Love is Blind, I get all the relationship dysfunction I need. I was going to say, so you like the relationship kind of shows. I love seeing how people interact with each other, especially in mm-hmm. matters of the heart. It is just so fascinating. Mm. The vulnerability, the deception, it's just, it just gets me it going. It is very interesting. It is. Okay, one more last question for the game. Okay, yep. so can you, if you're open to this, can you read us your most recent message from your DMs? Oh, from da, my da, DMs? Da. Oh. You know what's so funny? This is, we're giving you the hot, scalding tea. It is Chloe Grace Moretz. Wow. These are the receipts, honey. I said, oh, honey. I I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to bring a little A-list moment. Yeah. Yeah, look at you. I thought it was going to be some rando. Chloe Grace Moretz. So you go, girl. We're going to be in touch. But um, yeah, no, that's obviously What did she say? She just said she wanted a reading. Oh. Love Uh, it. Shoot your shot, Grace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, are you ready for our last segment? We call it The Hot mm-hmm. Seat, and it's written in fan submission questions. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. I'm feeling hot. 
Annalise wrote in, so she said her nana and grandfather did not get along at all during her life. They divorced before she was born, never spoke positively about each other. Her nana had passed a few years ago and her grandfather just in the past few weeks. But they've both been visiting her in her dreams a lot. And her question is, is it possible that two people who hated each other on earth could have reconciled in the afterlife and come to her together? All the time. I can't stress enough how much when people come through, they seem to be better versions of themselves. Mm. I attribute that to a process I believe we all go through when we die called a life review, where I really think we get an understanding of the ripple effect of how everything we did affected other people. And that insight really opens people's minds about what was important and what wasn't. Mm. And so, so often you'll see people mend things on the other side as a means of finding their own acceptance, their own forgiveness for their sake, even more so than anybody else's. Oh, that's, mm, so deep. That's deep. good. Yeah. Deep. <laughs> All right. Let's see. I got another fan question here. It's from Jamie. Jamie asks if you ever have any clients who get angry about their readings or storm off. I have had clients definitely who have had strong reactions. I think of my reading with Anne Hesch actually in Hollywood Medium uh, wow. was one of the kind of most dramatic ones because she did. She got up and she had to walk out. It was so intense and emotional. Um, you know, for me, it's just important to always leave be- people better than I find them. And I always do my best to try to um, kind of gauge someone's receptivity. And I never want it to be too much for somebody. So I try to honor mm-hmm. people's limits, their boundaries. And sometimes people need to take a break from the experience. And that's totally fine. Mm. Wow. And hash. I wouldn't have guessed that one. I know. That's <laughs> We're getting some good tea here. Oh, uh, we all are. <laughs> We have the receipts. Amen. Julia asks (laughs) if there's a difference connecting with someone who maybe did not speak English in their life. Like, are you able to connect with someone who, like she said, I guess. That's a good question. I would never think that. Oh, such a good question. But a lot of people think of my ability as like the sixth sense where you see dead people walking around and they're talking to you. It's not that way at all. So for me, with my ability, it really does transcend language barriers so much of what I get, you know, is a physical sensation that corresponds with how somebody died or a memory that feels like it's uh, my own, but it's actually somebody else's. Or sometimes it'll feel even like a song stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. All of those things transcend language and they're ways of relaying information that's really universal that connects all of us. So I'm able to still do readings even if somebody, say, didn't speak English um, through kind of these universal faculties. Mm. Mm. Wow. Okay, one more question. Let's see. Michelle asks, what's something decadent that you like to do when you're not practicing mediumship? Is that the correct word? For yeah, that's right. Mediumship. When we are on the mediumship. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, decadent, you know, I'm, I'm such a simple person. I, you know what? I like a good, good little manicure. I, as in my Ooh. old age, I don't know what it is, but I, there's something about freshly trimmed that nails. me time, you know, it's, it's the relaxing. worst when you snag, if you snag a nail on it, like a hangnail, yeah, yeah. I'm over that. I'm leaving that in my early 20s. I'm saying as I enter into this <laughs> new stage in my life, I have to have just nice fingernails. No more so hangnails. No, that's right. No more hangnails. Manicures. All day. Um, All day. I have to know, did your dog Nancy come with the name Nancy or did you name your dog <laughs> Nancy? Because I've always, I'm like, I love a dog with a human name and Nancy, <laughs> it does not get more human than Nancy. It Nancy's doesn't. Cute. People were thinking she was named after Nancy Reagan, which promise <laughs> is not the case. If anything, it was Nancy Sinatra uh, because the dog actually has these little boots, little boot-colored fur. So we thought, okay, boots. Her name was Nancy uh, after Nancy Sinatra, so it worked. But 
Uh, I have a, a dear friend of mine who's actually a mind reader who named Yuri Geller, who named InSync the band, funny enough. Oh my God. And he renamed <laughs> Nancy from Nancy with a Y to Nancy with an I. Uh, and so, yeah, even my dog has a weird mystical connection to strange. People. She has pizzazz now. <laughs> Nancy with an I with a little yes, heart Nancy, over it. Yes, Nancy, right. That's exactly Nancy with an I, honey. That's right. <laughs> Oh, this has been so great, Tyler. Oh, I mean, such a great show. Thank you so much for for coming on and teaching mm-hmm. us all about things that I would never be able to understand if I just read them. Well, I love <laughs> so getting to much. talk to you both. You had such great questions, and I hope we get to chat again. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Tyler. You guys, be sure to go and check out Life After Death on Netflix with Tyler Henry. Thank you so much, Tyler. Thank you. You got to come back. Thank you, Lauren. I'll be back. I'll see you again. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, that was quite the show. I'm like... So good. I feel like I've learned so much. I feel like I went to like medium school, you know? I know. I feel like you could... Get That's into great. medium school. It sounds like you had. I know. I, I'm. The I'm drawing a doodle as we speak right now. Let me like be drawing a circle. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's now going to be <laughs> scribbling every time we record. I know. I I drew a little circle on my paper towel. Oh, I wonder what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening. As always, next week mm-hmm. we will be chatting all things young, famous, and African, and yes. binge it all. Because mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be, we're going to get so much tea and I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. I've been seeing kind of people talk about Young Famous and African all over social mm. media. The blogs are picking it up. So that's going to be a fun episode to kind of even dive deep into that. I'm looking forward to it. Yes, for sure. So guys, send us your questions. Let us know what's on your mind. Any questions for anyone from Young Famous and African? Who knows anything about Young Famous and African? Anything about... Any season of anything, we just want to talk to people. Please send it to us. (laughs) That's right, guys. We want to hear from you. So be sure that you send us, you know, an email, a selfie video, DM. We like those too. You guys can slide in my DMs at need4lspeed. That's number four, Chris. They can slide into your DMs at... Fat Carrie Bradshaw. And you oh, can yeah. uh, send all your burning questions to receipts at castmedia.com. That's K-A-S-T media.com. And be sure to follow, rate, review. We have the receipts wherever you are listening to your podcast. And watch us exclusively on To Doom, the official Netflix site, to help find and fuel your fandom of all your shows, all your movies, everything you love. That's netflix.com slash T-U-D-U-M. Mm-hmm. Today's episode of We Have the Receipts is a production by Netflix, To Doom, and Cast Media. We're your hosts, Chris Burns and Lawrence B. Hamilton. Special thank you to our guest this week, Tyler Henry. Our producer is Amanda Elliott. Our senior producer is Diana Goldman. Our executive producers are Colin Thompson and Harris Lane. Our editor is Parker Flores. Our technical engineer is Travis Holden. And design and animations by Jeff Schweikart. See you next week. See you next week.